Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of QSR Uncut. I'm your host, Danny Klein, the editorial director here at QSR, and joined by my colleague and co-host, Ben Coley, who is back after a brief hiatus. He's been caught up in some busy things, so we welcome you back, Ben, to join us for a very exciting podcast this week. We're going to be talking to Darden Cores of Mad Green. So before we get started, Darden, thank you for joining us. Um, I also want to just open the floor really quickly, as we always do, to give you a chance to tell us a little bit about your role, about the company, and we'll take it from there. Sure. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm Darden Coors. I'm the CEO of Salad Collective, which is sort of a umbrella company for three brands. We have Mad Greens, which we'll talk about today, Snappy Salads, and uh, our newest um, portfolio company is Tokyo Joe's, which we acquired about a year ago. So um, we play in the healthy, fast, casual space and um, kind of try to offer craveable flavors um, in a better for you kind of format. Yeah. And so tell us a little bit about your background and how you got started. A little bit of uh, people might be familiar with your name, you know, whether or not they uh, associate you with it or not. But uh, (laughs) tell us a little bit about your history and how you got to where you are. Absolutely. I would say I probably get more comments about the Darden part of my name than the the Coors part of my name uh, in this restaurant business. But um, but I am part of the Coors family. I'm sort of fifth generation Coors family member. Um, And um, I, uh, I'm kind of a roundabout way of getting here, but I, I was a lawyer by training and I was a big rebel in my family. Everyone else is engineers, uh, and, uh, kind of wanted to do my own thing, but I ended up, um, uh, liking law, but wanting to be in-house. I went in-house with our family, um, businesses. I worked, uh, mostly in the manufacturing side of things and, um, packaging and, uh, ceramics. And then, um, had the opportunity to go work in-house uh, with Einstein Noah Restaurant Group um, when, when it was Einstein Noah Restaurant Group here in Lakewood, Colorado, um, and uh, loved it. Loved the restaurant industry and the people and um, got to use my law degree to look at distribution contracts and leases and uh, marketing review and all of that stuff and um, really loved it. And so um, the opportunity came um, later in my career to get back into um, a business that I could run and, and the family could champion me in. And I said, I'd like to do restaurants. And, and they actually said yes. So <laughs> um, so we started looking around and um, the founders of Mad Greens were looking for investment um, to grow and, and to build the brand. So we partnered with them and, um, and I came on board uh, almost nine years ago, 10, year, 10, 10 years ago this December, sorry. Yeah. Uh, very cool. Um, one of the things that um, you know excites me, or recently excited me, about this uh, interview is I found out Dart and I are fellow uh, Tar Heel alums from uh, UNC Chapel Hill. So okay. I'm very excited to to hear to hear from you and your story. Um, always um, cool to see uh, fellow alums out in the restaurant industry. Um, but as we said at the beginning here, uh, we we want to um, you know put a put a highlight on on Mad Greens on um, this. Uh, this rising, um, you know, better for you uh, chain. So I was hoping, you know, for, for people who may not be familiar with the, the concept, if you could maybe describe it, you know, maybe go into, um, you know, what it's about and, uh, you know, the, the brand values and um, where the, the brand's kind of, you know, heading toward um, sort of in a post-pandemic landscape, quote unquote. Um, sure. So Mad Greens is um, a 
primarily salad-centric brand, um, kind of transitioning more into bowls as, as the salad landscape has evolved. But um, salad-centric, make the bowl right in front of you. Um, you can uh, pick design salads that our chefs have put together, or you can build your own. Um, so it's, uh, it's as customizable as you want it to be. Um, and um, our whole philosophy is to make eating better and eating healthier um, convenient and fun and take maybe um, the seriousness and blandness out of what healthy eating uh, historically has been and say it can have flavor and it can be something you look forward to eating and it can be craveable, but it can also be good for you. Dana, before we, before you start on your, your, your next uh, question, I was going to mention my own personal experience with um, just kind of the idea of like a, a salad focused chain. Um, my girlfriend and I have recently decided like, okay, we want to eat healthier. Um, but we necessarily don't want to sacrifice that for, you know, being able to eat out and enjoy ourselves. But I mean, at least where we live, there's not really a lot of like options out there. I mean, Danny, you can weigh in here options out there in terms of like, uh, like a, like a like a salad chain like like a Mad Greens where you can you can go out and you can have that occasion but you know that you're going to be eating healthy and you're going to be eating at a, a solid calorie count um, I, and I wish there were more and I think that there are a lot of uh, opportunities for people out there nowadays especially with the pandemic for like a chain like Mad Greens Mad Greens to kind of grow and to kind of take advantage of like you know people my age or people even older who like want to you know go out but you know want to be healthy at the same time it can be rather difficult in some markets. Yeah, I'll, I was going to say something completely unrelated, which was just that there are now at least three Tar Heels in the restaurant industry that I'm aware of between the two of you and, mm. and Christian, Christian over at Inspire Brands is also a, uh, a Tar Heel grad. So, oh, you would never mention that. I didn't know that. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, he was an undergrad, uh, so the chief growth officer of Inspire, also a uh, also bleeds uh, sky blue, whatever. Oh, I don't no, know what Carol that means for the world. Uh, Car to... Carolina blue has its own hex code. And that's its own defined thing. So you can refer to it as Carolina blue. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I, I feel like when I started working here, I was surrounded by Tar Heels, and now there's there's not as many. That's there are there are a few Gators in the industry as well for myself, but. Um, but yeah, to your um, actual point here, um, I think I think that that's historically been true. You know, Darnus, I'm, I'm sure you're aware, and I, I would like to just know from your perspective as a franchisor, and you know where that opportunity you know comes into play. You know, in terms of that model being really conducive to hopefully you know opening some of these doors for people across the country, and and what just the interest level is from franchisees. You know, maybe younger, maybe you know, from bigger groups, just in terms of wanting to get involved kind of in this category is it really does start to have a lot of white space in front of it. I, I think there's a lot of white space and I think there's a lot of underserved markets. Um, in Colorado, we're sort of this, you know, outdoor lifestyle kind of group that fits very well with, with, um, with our environment and our, our culture here in the state, but, um, but it really does uh, have demand throughout throughout the country and, uh, and growing demand. So that's exciting. I think it's um, it's a neat opportunity for us to, to open up. I think um, there's a lot of a lot of a lot of white space, like I said, out there for for growth for the better for you category generally. So um, I think Mad Greens has a has a great fit because some of those um, maybe non-traditional coastal kind of places that are a little um, um, maybe a little um, in need of this, it's, it's not it's not quite there yet. 
there is a lot of demand, but it's uh, the fun thing about Mad Greens is it's approachable. It's uh, it's real. It's um, genuine, and you can you can be you. It's one of our core values um, with our teens: is you be you, come in, whatever health means to you. You want to eat healthier? Does that mean um, getting more fruits and vegetables into your diet? It might just mean that. Do you want to lose weight? We've got amazing weight loss stories from from people um, committing to eating better and and getting getting weight off or um, getting our cholesterol under control or cutting carbs or um, adjusting to a diabetic diet kind of stuff. So it's really runs the gamut and um, and the customizable format that we have with all the ingredients um, really lends itself to make it whatever you want it to be. Yeah. And, and tell us a little bit about Tokyo Joe's and, and just the salad collective as an umbrella and, and how that's, you know, really a platform that is going to be helpful for the company in terms of, you know, you're having operating platforms to share across, you know, new brands that you bring in and, and you know, perhaps what you can offer franchisees or across whatever it might be, you know, in terms of building kind of a multi-concept operation or what's the, what are some of the, you know, benefits of that, that it's unlocked for you all? Um, I think it's unlocked um, a, a a broader mindset and, and sort of probably changed how we think about how we can grow. So there's sort of the traditional growth um, through franchising, but then there's the non-traditional and really being able to go to a non-traditional group that might serve a campus or something and be able to say, we can offer you um, sort of this healthy platform that is not only salads and grain bowls, but also sushi and poke and teriyaki bowls. And, um, and you know, they could live side by side and and, and share some space and uh, share some purchasing and and go. So um, so it's exciting. And then from the franchisee perspective, of, okay, you do uh, you're in this market. You don't really want to go to another market, but you want to grow your, your franchise system. So now we have a sister brand that you can bring that's totally different, um, but appeals to to a similar um, demographic and in similar sort of um, spaces that they could coexist in a market together and and complement each other. So, you know, um, I believe, you know, earlier we mentioned, you know, the, the opportunity, I know, for, for franchisees, um, you know, in the salad, salad space. And I'll just, uh, from a company perspective, from your perspective, when you guys are talking to operators and talking to franchisees who potentially might join your family, could you kind of go over uh, the characteristics you guys look for in an operator? Like what makes um, the appropriate operator or a well-fitting operator uh, under your guys's uh, umbrella, I we're new to franchising, right? We don't we don't really have any open franchises at the moment, so we're really looking for our first few franchisees um, to be experienced operators um, and to really understand the restaurant industry, not because they really like to eat salads um, and they're passionate about a healthy lifestyle, but that they understand like the grind of being in the restaurant business and that most of the things we make from scratch. Most of the things we cook uh, in house, and so it is really a restaurant. Um, and there's, you know, there's the um, you gotta. We want our franchisees to really understand um, that part of the business, as well as sort of, you know, have some financial savvy as um, and understand that this is a people business too, right? You gotta. So I think we're looking for experienced restaurant franchisees first and foremost. Um, 
but we're getting a lot of interest kind of organically and, and through PR from um, a set of people that are really, you know, proven hard workers and really committed. And so that balance of finding the right passion and culture fit with the experience, um, it's been an interesting, maybe more of a challenge than, than I probably appreciated before we got into it and really started having the conversation. Yeah, I want to I wanna ask you kind of a menu question about Mad Green starting, because um, as to Ben's point, you know, that he's you know beginning to look at eating healthy, I think he's probably part of a very rising tide of uh, younger people. So, and there are a lot of salad chains out there, of course, I, I would say in the last 10 years, this, this category has probably gone from being very niche to being in most major markets. But, you know, what is it about the brand that separates it from, from the pack? I mean, what are you all doing differently? You know, what are some just kind of highlights of, you know, what the experience and the food and, and everything that it's about that really stand out? I think um, we focus on flavor um, and um, we want your healthy eating experience to be something you want to come back to. So um, we have our own customized thing called Mad Spice. So, you know, spice is sort of one of those flavors that's um, gained pretty wide appeal over the last um, lots of years, but, but currently, and we've had our Mad Spice, I think since 2015. Um, to add that kick of flavor, to make a salad interesting and craveable. Um, so I think we focus on on flavors. I would say our specialty is dressings. So cilantro chili lime dressing is a dressing that's super craveable and delicious. Um, we have a sriracha almond dressing that um, instead of oils, we use almonds to get that um, healthy fat into um, a spicy sriracha dressing that's not overly spicy, but... Uh, has a nice little um, warm flavor that you can't find anywhere else. I'd say um, dressings are one thing that sets us aside. It's not, it's not French dressing and Italian dressing, and um, we also emulsify all of our our vinaigrettes. So you know the, the chemistry of trying to get oil and vinegar to to combine, um, and that way you don't end up with lettuce bites that taste like oil and lettuce bites that taste like vinegar you get you get the real full flavor of of the dressing so we spend a lot of time focusing on dressings we have what we call certified dressing mixologists um so you have to be certified to make our dressings and um and that's sort of a a key pillar of of our training and um of how you advance throughout the company and it's sort of a prestigious position to be able to to handcraft our dressings in-house so we do it in each store um on a daily basis i'd say the Flavor, primarily from dressings and, and our spice, are probably two things that set us aside. And then experience-wise, um, we try to have a lot of interaction with our guests if they want it. If you don't want it, that's fine, too. But um, our hope is that you leave with a smile on your face and that we made your day a little bit brighter. So hospitality um, for those who come in the restaurants. And still, that's you know well more than 50% of people coming in, even if they get it to go. So the in-restaurant experience... Um, we don't take that for granted, and we really, um, we really strive to make people's day. So, I have a question about. Um, so, I'm on the website right now. How many questions do you get from people who don't know that this is Edgar Allan Poe, and they just think maybe it's like an old timey looking? <laughs> <laughs> do, do, do people get the uh, the concept here, and then of course tie in the fact that he was he was mad, you know, or. Um, 
I think that's of, part of our, our subtle genius, um, I would like to say. Um, no, I, I think uh, not a lot of people make that connection, but the ones that do get it, and I think I think it kind of makes them smile. Um, um, you know, we get a lot of people who don't know how to pronounce Don Quixote or, you know, so... Um, <laughs> That's uh, probably fun when they order that. <laughs> was was he was he mad also? He was uh, a little mad, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you not know that he was like um, pretending like he was like a like a hero in the story? Yeah, that's right. Is is Ty Cobb mad? I guess he's. Uh, I was I was gonna, I'm starting to piece these things. I guess he was just kind of, you know. I think he was angry. He was an angry guy in the baseball field. I think he had yeah. a reputation for that. Yeah, so, but I, don't, I don't know who um, Crazy Ivan is, if that's related to... Is that Ivan the Terrible? It is, yes, isn't okay. that? Terrible? Yes. Oh, Crazy wow. Ivan the Terrible, yep. Make, that makes hit. sense. Huh? You get a history lesson along with your order. You do, <laughs> if you want it. If you don't, that's fine, too. But um, we have a lot of fun with it. Um, and um, sort of from the from the beginning, uh, the salads had, had sort of fun, crazy names. It's a bit of our nod to madness from all sorts of angles i think the diversity of thought and um people kind of makes this world what it is and and uh and we kind of embrace a little bit crazy because without that we wouldn't have any amazing art or amazing literature or um new scientific discoveries and all of that so um sort of our way of appreciating um appreciating the differences in people and and that sometimes people who are thought of as mad um do a lot to to take our society forward or technologies or whatever so no that's that's 100 percent true that that, you can see that everywhere the people who are have accomplished so much are just like do it kind of on a psychotic level almost like um that's that's why we hired ben he's 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 clearly (laughs) an unraveled personality um well like some examples i have um that the founder of apple what was the guy's name who passed away um steve jobs yeah he was he was crazy and so was uh and like even like michael jordan michael jordan was psychotic in the way he approached basketball so like uh, no yeah, i just yeah, of course you were bringing that one up yeah. yes uh, yes i had to get the Tar Heel reference in there <laughs> um but you know jordan when you mentioned earlier about uh you know the restaurants you know whether customers want to interact whether or not you know you'll um cater to both um Reminds me of, uh, I did a, a webinar um, a few months back with a company that we do business with called InTouch Insights. And uh, a, story, a study that they did found that, um, uh, which, which I found surprising that, uh, you know, uh, stakeout customers were looking for more uh, human-to-human connection um, as a part of their kind of order grabbing process. What I found particularly interesting um, that people are still seeking that even in the off-premises kind of segment because... Um, I thought that uh, we've kind of entered where people were more wanting to just kind of grab their thing off the shelf and kind of hightail it out of there. But I think they're still looking for that uh, human connection. But so I guess um, I wanted to ask, um, in terms of the layout inside your stores, um, how, how does the uh, off-premises kind of work for you guys? Is it sort of like a, uh, like a separate uh, section where people, you know, pick up their orders? Is it like a kind of a shelf system where you guys put it on the shelf and the customers come pick it up. How are you guys kind of approaching the the takeout and the delivery um, consumer? Um, The shelf system right now. Mm -hmm. So trying to figure out, we're working on a prototype now, but it's probably going to stay a shelf system for us. Um, 
you said more than 50% of people so far still come in in the restaurant or again come in the restaurant after maybe a little hiatus. Um, but convenience is, is a huge part of it. Um, our line, you know, it takes about 90 seconds to make a salad and toss it. And so it's fast. Um, uh, the grab and go customer is very real. They don't want to talk to anybody and that's totally mm-hmm. fine. Um, and then, then you have the delivery drivers who, who need help or should have help in finding what they're trying to get. Right. So, um, so trying to make a restaurant and design it to fit all of those different needs is a challenge. Um, but I think our system of walking you through the line um, um, and interacting as much, we do a lot of questions. We want to make sure, did you know that Thai cob comes with onions? Are you good with red onions? Do you want a lot? Do you want a little? Uh, do you want salt and pepper? Do you want your dressing um, mixed in and tossed with your salad or do you want it on the side? And so it is um, kind of naturally interactive and uh, a lot of people enjoy that and then there's an opportunity while you're tossing it up to to say you know hope you're having a good day what brought you in today or where are you off to next and um um our regulars you know it's fun to go in a restaurant and see see our team members interact with the regulars and we have one lady she comes in and she gets uh, like five salads and she comes in once every other week and they've told her they're like you you know you can order ahead and these will just be waiting for you and she's like but it's my one time to get out of the office. Oh. I don't have to answer the phone. Nobody's breathing on my neck. I'm not in a meeting. I'm just, just let me order my five and I'll, I'll do it in the line. And I'm just, just, this is my one time to kind of get away from, from the hectic, my everyday stuff. So for me, she's sort of that example of that person who still um, values the experience, values the time um, away from a screen and um, still gets to get her job done, but, but do it in a way that works for her. You know, interestingly, at our recent conference that we had, that Lauren was actually a speaker from you all, but uh, I had multiple people come into the rooms. Maybe it was the same person following us around, just (laughs) asking the question of um, how you prevent people from just walking in off the street and grabbing, you know, a bag that isn't theirs. And uh, someone asked Chipotle that question, and, you know, basically the answer was we just put the shelf close to the register, but beyond that, there is nothing we could do. (laughs) And um, it's just, it's an interesting concept, but, you know, I think, I think that's probably right. It's just one of those things. I mean, you can only guard against that so much, just kind of a nature of what's happening. Um, Well, Danny, Danny, let me respond to that real quick. Me, I was going to say, me personally, I love the shelf system. I am that customer that Darden refers to when I, I like to go to a restaurant and not talk to anybody, just like get my things and get out. So I love that system. But I have seen um, a couple of the restaurants that I frequent, they have gone away from, well, they'll still have the shelf out there. So they don't, they don't even inform you that they're not doing it anymore. Well, they'll still they'll have the shelf out there, but it'll be empty. And um, you kind of have to kind of figure out, okay, well, the shelf's not going to have my order. Then how do I get my order? But like, They've, they've, they've gone away from it, and I think probably toward what you were saying, Danny, their concern over it. Maybe they've been seeing an uptick in that, but I mean, I just I just like that yeah. system so much. I, just I think, think it the, just... the Chipotle guy was kind of like, well, a lot of in restaurants where we have a big problem with that, what we do is it sits behind the counter, and then when right. you come up and you ask for it, then they, they close enough to the shelf where they can just put it on the shelf, you know, so not handing it over all the time, but... Yeah, it's just one of those things, I guess. 
<laughs> theft is real and and some stores have a bigger problem than it than others um i talked to one restaurant guy who built this whole beautiful new shelf system and things were getting stolen right and left and so they put it on the shelf behind them and things were still getting stolen because people could read you know our teams you know check is everything in the is everything in the bag to make sure it's accurate and then write the name in large letters so it's easy to find and then someone can read the the big letters from you know from the other side of, of the cashier and say, oh yeah, I'm John and um, hand him John and then John comes in. Um, so um, it is a little bit of a constant battle. There's some times a day that are worse. There's some areas that are worse, but uh, kind of the balance of keeping it on the shelf and, um, and keeping it behind. Um, and um, yeah, you know, yeah, I, the, I the cost right. of preventing it is, kind of outweighs the cost of sort of dealing with it at some point you know do you go to lockers like that's just maybe over the top yeah yeah Yeah, that's exactly what um what that guy said was that you know they they thought about the locker system but then when you start to get into what it entails and how much it costs how it gets pushed through you know what because obviously it's got to come from the other side of the locker or it's got to go from someone putting it in the locker <laughs> and then we just start to get into things that it's like well maybe if we get one package stolen a month it's probably not worth us <laughs> installing all this technology i think the the bigger thing is probably just making sure you know the operator you know is putting the right food in the bag for the right customer um, because just like the drive-through you know it's you can't really remedy it you know, until it's over. And I think that's probably the thing that probably keeps a lot of operators up more at night, right, darn me? <laughs> just the idea that someone might get home and they, they have the wrong salad or something's wrong or they have the onions and then they just had an experience that you're not there on site to be able to help them with. And, it's hard. You can't, yeah. you can't remedy it once they're out of the building. We actually, you know, because dressings are such a core to eating a salad, I think you can eat a salad if it's missing your tomatoes. You might not enjoy it as much, but if you're missing your dressing, um, you're probably not even going to eat it. So um, we had our supplier design a special um, lid that has an indent for the dressing for to-goes. So we have a lid for salad dressing mixed in and a lid for to-goes. So you have the visual reminder about that salad dressing not being there or being there uh, before it goes in the bag. Um, That's helped a lot with our accuracy. So there's a few things we can do, and some of it's technology-based. A lot of it's just human... um, paying attention and then some some of it is there's some uh some actual designs and packaging that that can solve some issues when it, well, of, go ahead. Uh, when, yeah i was gonna say um when it comes to the whole you know off-premises thing and the shelf or no shelf i would just uh i think you know for from a consumer perspective as long as there's just like a clearly defined you know area for pickup customers and delivery um drivers to go to when they need to get their order um because uh, I, I did, you know, I had a recent experience where I went into um, a store to pick up an order and there there wasn't that. And you had to literally be in the queue of people who were just like, you know, ordering at the counter. You had to be in that same line just to, to get your pickup order. And that's just, I was, I couldn't stand that. Yeah, like, so I you're, like, so you're, you're, you're too young to remember that that's how it used to be everywhere. Yeah, that's that was like I, only I six, six or seven years ago. You used to go into you know these these fast casuals, and you'd have to awkwardly try to like you know stroll over there to the left, you know, yeah. and then hope that no one got mad at you, and then or you had to wait you know forty minutes to get food that had been sitting there. I remember you used to go on the websites, and you would like 
pick a time. You know, that was the big thing. It was like, you know, you pick 25 minutes from now, but then you got there and you had to factor into your schedule how long you were actually going to wait in line. Yeah. Those were, those were very dark times. <laughs> they were. Yeah, times I do not want to live in anymore. I was like, I, I, this is not efficient. Like, this is, like, it's, it's funny because before I had this job, like, these things would not have occurred to me. But now I'm like, I'm like, you know, getting out of the store and I'm like getting into a car with my girlfriend. Like, this is like a friction point. Like, I don't, there's too much friction in here. <laughs> too much friction. Yeah. And well, she's like, she's like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I know. Well, I always, I mean, I've always said this on a few podcasts and people don't really agree with me. I, I don't, I think curbside is like the most friction filled off premise occasion currently. I just don't get it unless I have a kid sleeping in the back seat of the car. Otherwise, to me, I don't. It's just it's so much worse than the drive-through or just getting out of my car and grabbing off a shelf. I just I don't want to get there, call them, let them know I'm here, have me you know put the window down, have them walk out, and it's just the whole thing is just like four steps of awkward that I'm not a personal fan of. But but it, but again, if you do have kids, you can get out of the car and there's no drive-through. It it is helpful, but I almost never do that anymore. Um, I did it all the time in the pandemic, but yeah, it's a lot of friction on the restaurant side too. Right. Well, you need an employee to, to go run out there. Yeah. I, yeah. I had a, I, I talked to a robotics company that was building a robot that could do that, to go, <laughs> that could get over the curb or whatever and walk out the door. And, um, as he was explaining it to me though, I was just like, or maybe the restaurant just shouldn't have curbside. <laughs> Because this sounds truly crazy that you're going to have this robot that can open the door and not trip off the, you know, lines and the pavement. But yeah, keeps your job interesting, Darden. Um, I want to ask you um, before I let you go, just kind of about the future and what uh, what's kind of next for the brand? What's on the horizon? You mentioned franchising still very new. Um, of course, you know, kind of continue to get into that, but What's coming up kind of back into the year, into the future that we should just keep an eye on for, you know, both Mad Greens and the South Collective? Um, so back up in the year, um, um, you know, I think the challenges of the year have continued to be traffic. I think that's something we're still trying to build on. We did a big um, scratch and win, um, which, you know, Ben might not have liked because you had to come in the restaurant and, 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 and redeem it, but um, but to try to make it fun to get back in the restaurant again and everything's a winner and you get a free entree or a free salad or you know so um, so that's coming to an end. Those um, that promotion, the redemption on those will expire at the end of October, um, and we've got a fall LTO. Um, sometimes we like to be mad and lean, you know, kind of opposite of trends um, or sort of what's expected in the fall, but this year um, we're doing a sort of a harvest bowl. So uh, sweet potatoes, you know, and goat cheese, all that good stuff. So it'll be very harvesty tasting. Um, so leaning into into the fall um, and into the winter. And um, we're doing some testing of some, some extensions of products. Post pandemic, we added um, some Mac bowls to our concept. So um, really to lean into that family um, eating occasion where you're, or your, uh, your eating occasion that involves more than yourself. Um, so eliminate that veto vote, but also provide something that's, that's filling, maybe a little more comfort foody. Um, and our Lotte Mac is, is actually pretty amazing. 
Um, but we're testing uh, like a basil pesto pasta dish that's more pasta and less mac. Um, so we have a lot of kind of fun things we're testing along the way. Um, and we're going to be announcing next week, I guess we're announcing now, um, that we are um, opening franchising um, in Colorado, which was something I'd kind of held back doing. Um, uh, but uh, our, our organic demand is here. And um, we're super excited about having our first franchisees in our home market um, and being able to support them with our great teams and um, really set them best up for success. So as we've thought about launching into new markets and there's, there's some challenges and friction and name recognition and all of that. So our, our goal all along has been kind of to grow out from our existing markets slowly, um, not quite making the leap to North Carolina yet. Uh -huh. So it's on my, uh -huh. <laughs> on my desired uh, places to be eventually. Um, so really um, honing in and finding those, those first franchisees, which are so critical to the success of future franchisees and the whole system. So it's been kind of a um, very intentionally slow process. I think um, some other concepts have, you know, fast and furious and um, we don't want to miss out on the opportunity, but um, our goal is really to be here very long-term and to have all of our franchisees be here long-term. So um, that's, that's kind of how we're going into the end of the year. Well, if you do come to North Carolina, um, you know Ben will eat there now that he's evolving as a person. When I when I first uh, met him, he used to he used to go to um, you know pizza chains over here, and he would eat an entire pizza by himself. It's come a long way. <laughs> trying to be more. I, I'm I'm turning thirty uh, next yeah. year, beginning of next yeah. year. So. Wow. Uh, the beginning glimpses of more, my mortality, so trying yeah. to be more conscious, <laughs> conscious of uh, what I'm putting in my body. So you know, there is such a there is such a difference between turning thirty and turning like thirty four. Um, I'll be turning, I guess, forty soon. But God, it was like my mid thirties and my late twenties into early thirties. My I'm just an entirely different body <laughs> of a human being in terms of what hurts and you know, all that kind of stuff and what I can eat without it destroying my uh, physique. But yes. yeah, good times. Uh, I'm well beyond that and it just gets worse. So. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, 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 was my age, so. I know. Well, I can tell you, it isn't getting better for me. So you know, <laughs> I, I believe you. Uh, well, thank you, Darren, so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Um, we look forward to continuing to follow the brand, see what you all are up to and, and reconnecting in the future. Well, it's fun to talk to you guys. I appreciate the time and um, looking forward to seeing all the things you guys bring to the table too. Appreciate all that you do for our industry. Yeah, no, thank you for saying that. And for everybody out there who's listening as always, we appreciate it and we'll see you next time.